Hello and welcome to Jay Fans, episode 15 of There She Goes, a weekly Blue Jay podcast for all things Blue Jays. Uh, we are recording this on June 28, 2017. I'm Mark from 360 Blue Jays News and Bluebird Banter. As always, we're joined by Blue Jay Center, everything Blue Jays and Blue Jays Nation. Today, we'll be talking about uh, June and a bit of a recap of June. We'll be discussing the Blue Jays scouting Sonny Gray, whether they should try to acquire him or not the left field situation, specifically Ezekiel Carrera and Dwight Smith Jr., and then finally Marco Estrada's struggles on the mound. So we'll get started with a brief recap of June. Uh, yes, so uh, obviously the month of June is not finished, but we are coming to a close as Saturday will be Canada Day. But anyways, uh, to this point, the Blue Jays have gone 10-13 in the month of June, and it's been the same thing. It's It's been like similar with the team. They've been struggling to score runs, especially with runners in scoring position. And uh, the rotation obviously hasn't been as strong. But I think players that have uh, picked up the pace lately or the past week or a couple weeks is uh, Russell Martin. I really, th- I really like him in the, uh, the second hole. I think he's getting on base a lot more than he has. Uh, I think Jay Happ has also been looking like his old self his past couple of outings. And Roberto Osuna obviously has uh, been stellar again in the month of June despite his um, ex- anxiety issues. And he's, it seems that it's not really a big deal anymore as he's able to pitch. And uh, Justin Smoke has continued to play well. And, uh, and Steve Pierce has also had a good month as he's batting 435. And also looking at the standings where the Blue Jays currently sit, it seems to be exactly like it was uh, going into the month of June or at the end of May as they are fifth in the AL East once again. But they are six, there are six and a half games out of first place, and they're two games back of fourth place, uh, which is the Orioles, as the Orioles have had a, a horrific month. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the month of June for the Blue Jays. And again, uh, what's your feeling going forward uh, into July? Yeah, overall, I would say the month is obviously disappointing. Coming out of May, they were, they were doing really well. Everyone was coming off of the disabled list. Uh, but into June, the team was just mediocre, pretty much. Uh, pitching, hitting, fielding, everything was mediocre. And at this point in time, I know we've discussed it earlier, but we really start talking about, is this team going to buy or sell? Uh, and if they want to make the argument to buy, um, I'll get into Sonny Gray later. As I mentioned earlier, um, they really need to tighten things up before the All-Star game, you know, get that pitching down. They've had some rough games in the past few days, um, getting that hitting down, especially, you know, against the Orioles, who have, for the past, like, 25 of 27 games, they've allowed five earned runs or more. They really need to capitalize on this poor pitching staff and score but they haven't been able to do that. And they really need to tighten these things up for the All-Star game if they want to um, to really actually perform and buy and uh, make it to the postseason. But as for June, it was overall mediocre. Kind of disappointing coming out of May, but uh, at least they're still in the race. So yeah, I agree with you saying the month of June was mediocre. Uh, my take on it is... It was very inconsistent. You know, we saw Marco Estrada struggle a lot this month. Uh, Joe Biagini hasn't had the greatest month. Uh, just as a team, the Blue Jays have been very inconsistent offensively. Obviously, guys like Jose Bautista are now hitting well in the leadoff spot. Steve Pierce has been hot since coming off the DL. 
you know, I guess we've had a bunch of great individual performances from players, but as a team, the Blue Jays have just not been able to figure out how to get things done, and that is really worrying me because I can't remember who was saying this. I think it was on a Tim and Sid episode. Someone said the Blue Jays' play is a lot better than we think because right now we're thinking it's 13-10 and 10, uh, so far in the month of June. We, we're thinking, man, this is awful. The team sucks now, but I mean... It really isn't that bad considering what the Blue Jays did go through earlier in the year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a very inconsistent month. And I mean, if the Blue Jays are going to consider uh, make, making a run for the playoffs, maybe trading for a few guys, you know, I think they're going to need to like figure something out. Because even if you go and acquire another guy, that doesn't guarantee success. You know, the team's going to have to work towards doing the little things to help win. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with what you said. 360 this month was just uh, disappointing, uh, disappointments due to mediocrity. Uh, I think this was a different kind of disappointing from April. April was just April was just a debacle. Uh, this month, a uh, little better. Uh, positives, uh, yeah, you mentioned everything. Blue Jays is a new lineup refiguration. I love it. I love Russell Martin batting second. I love Jose Bautista leading off. I love Kevin Blar batting uh, in the bottom of the order. I love having Josh Donaldson uh, bat in between Russell Martin and Justin Smoke, two guys who get on base a lot, uh, make him see a lot more pitches. Uh, Jay Happ has been great his last three starts, and I think uh, this month worked a lot to the legitimacy of the bullpen. Uh, Ryan Tepera, uh, Danny Barnes, uh, Roberto Osuna, even you mentioned with his uh, anxiety health issues. Uh, they've all been really well, pitched really good in the month of June. Uh, overall, I just think that you had an opportunity here, the Blue Jays did, in the last 19 games, all 19 of those games were against teams that were 500 or worse. And in those 19 games, the Blue Jays were 8-11, and uh, which is obviously an opportunity missed there considering that their next 10 games following this Orioles series will uh, revolve around teams that are in the playoffs. Uh, you have the first place Red Sox, then you got the Yankees in Yankee Stadium for three, and then coming uh, uh, back home, right before the All-Star break against the best team in baseball, the Astros. Uh, so the Blue Jays, they really had an opportunity this June uh, until this last week to really build, build some ground. And uh, I think I just don't think that they capitalized as they should uh, against really mediocre teams and mediocre pitching. Um, another problem is that they haven't reached 500 yet. Uh, coming into the month of June, they were a game under 500. Uh, now they're even farther from that, which is... Uh, like you mentioned, disappointing. And Marco Estrada, I'm going to touch up on this later. Uh, he's had a really rough month as well. So I just think, uh, basically, a, a recap of what you guys all said: uh, just disappointing and mediocre month of June. Yeah, I agree with all of you. I wanted to touch on what uh, Blue Jays Nation said. You mentioned uh, how this month compared to the other ones, it's really actually a good month. You just said they went 13 and 10. I don't know the exact exact statistics but that sounds about right 10, 10 um, and 13 or 10 and 13 my bad uh but certainly this is not a very disappointing month as compared to april uh but it isn't good especially coming off of may all right moving on to 
Sonny Gray. Uh, we were just talking about the prospect of a rebuild. Susan Sluser of the San Francisco Chronicle reported yesterday that there were uh, scouts and executives from the Cubs, Blue Jays, uh, I believe the Red Sox were in the mix there. They were scouting Sonny Gray and also Jed Lowry at the athletics game against the Houston Astros. Um, I thought that the prospect of acquiring Gray was really interesting, actually, especially uh, what the Blue Jays might have to give up. Gray hasn't been at his best this season. He's been injured for a considerable amount of the season. Uh, he has 11 starts, 64.2 innings pitched. Over that time span, he's had an ERA of 4.45, a FIP, uh, fielding independent pitching, which attempts to predict future ERA of 3.60, which indicates that he's been a bit unlucky. Um, his whip of 1.345 also isn't the greatest. But I think it's really interesting, especially when we look at whether the Blue Jays should rebuild or not, when we look at them acquiring players that uh, I, I think that's really interesting and a good discussion to have. So my first question for you guys is, do you think Toronto should get gray or needs to get gray, especially as we approach the all-star break and the trade deadline? And then my second question is, if the Blue Jays do eventually get Gray, what do you think they're going to have to give up for him? So, yeah, to answer your first question, do I think the Blue Jays need Sonny Gray? Uh, I wouldn't say that they need him, considering, you know, they have a full rotation minus Aaron Sanchez right now. So, yeah, do I really think the Blue Jays need Sonny Gray? Uh, not exactly, but I think if they were to acquire him, that would force him into the rotation and then potentially... Aaron Sanchez or somebody would stay in the, the bullpen or Joe B. Genie, sorry, ex uh, excuse me. But yeah, I mean, independent of this season, I think if they were to acquire him, it would really be something that they're doing for the future. And when you look at Francisco Liriano and Marco Estrada, who are both free agents at the end of the season, you got to think that if they do acquire Sonny Gray, uh, they would definitely not re-sign at least one of them. So it, it would kind of be an indicator to me that one of them would leave. And then to answer your second question, what do I think the Blue Jays would have to give up? Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, Gray does not have the best numbers right now, but he he has pitched d decent in the past. And with the Athletics being a team that uh, want to rebuild, I would definitely see them wanting to acquire some young prospects who I really don't think that the Blue Jays or have the prospects to give up, especially after a few years ago in 2015 when they gave up so many prospects. And then you looked at 2016, how bad their the upper levels of their minor league system looked to be for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it would require a few prospects or just one. And then potentially if the, what the athletics didn't want a prospect or two, they could definitely look at somebody on the current roster, maybe, I mean, I don't have anybody that comes to mind right now, but definitely somebody from there that could just be a nice clubhouse guy or even just a guy in his prime, somebody that the athletics would just want just in and around their clubhouse. Uh, yeah, this is a very interesting topic. I've taken a lot of taken a lot of thought on it for the past day or so. Uh, do I think the Blue Jays need Sonny Gray? I think it would be excellent if they got a guy like Sonny Gray. Uh, when you look at the rotation this year, a ton of liabilities. Marco Estrada has been a train wreck. Uh, in the month of June, I'm going to talk about that later. Francisco Liriano has been a coin flip at best this year. Uh, he's also been injured. Aaron Sanchez has been on the DL three times this year and has made only five starts the whole year, including that one inning start that he made against the Rays when he left with that 
blister injury. And Jay Apps also missed some time as well, although I, he seems to be coming around. Uh, Sonny Gray would be a reliable asset to the Blue Jays, not a liability, which is what, like I mentioned, the rotation has been all year around. Gray would give the Blue Jays a major league starter who is uh, not even two years removed of being a Cy Young finalist. Uh, that was back in 2015. He was also an all-star that year. Uh, and you mentioned Blue Jays Nation that uh, Liriano and Estrada would be free agents. That's also a pro to acquiring Sonny Gray. He signed for two more seasons after this year, so he could fill up uh, one of the rotation spots, assuming one or both of Liriano and Estrada leave. Uh, and that's after 2017, so Gray signed until uh, 2019, the end of that season. Uh, it would definitely make sense for the Blue Jays. Uh, and now to answer your second question, uh, this is what kind of scares me the most about trying to acquire Sonny Gray. We've seen Billy Bean and the boys from Oakland over there uh, not really uh, try to acquire prospects that can help them immediately within the next couple of years. I mean, if you can remember the Josh Donaldson trade uh, that happened in 2014 at the end of 2014 in the offseason, uh, the Blue Jays got Donaldson for Kendall Graveman and Brett Laurie. Uh, but the hidden figure that the Blue Jays don't seem to be talking about in that trade was a shortstop by the name of Franklin Barreto. He was 18 when the trade was made and uh, one of the top prospects in the uh, Oakland A's farm system. He just made his debut this past weekend. He had a home run in his first game. Um, he was 18 when they traded him, traded for him. So that basically tells you that they're uh, they're not going to stand away from the fact that they're not going to get an they're not going to acquire a prospect uh that can help them immediately within the next couple of years they're willing to wait out for a prospect that will help them long term even if it is uh four or five years like it was with franklin Barreto, even though it wasn't exactly that long with him it only took three years uh i think they're more than willing to make the commitment uh for about a five-year uh commitment with any prospect and when you look at the blue jays top prospects you got vladimir guerrero and you got Bo Bichette, those are two guys who are going to be not going to be really valuable to a major league uh, major league roster until 2020. So you're wondering if the Athletics would target one of those, and I just wouldn't want to give up uh, Bo Bichette or Vladdy Jr. or even Roddy Teles for a guy who's had an ERA over 5.20 in the past two seasons. If the right price is out there, though, I'll definitely be okay with this move because, as I mentioned. Uh, Sonny Gray would give a lot for the Blue Jays. I, I think for me, the breaking point would just be the cost, and I'm not sure I'm willing to give up uh, the fine meats and cheeses the Blue Jays have for Sonny Gray. Uh, yeah, I agree with Blue Jays Center. I don't see how this is bad, getting Sonny Gray. I really think this would, wouldn't be bad at all. I think this would actually help the rotation, especially since um, Francisco Liriano has been inconsistent this year, as well as Marco Estrada in the month of June. I just think if you want to continue to be in a playoff race, and you want to reach the playoffs and get to 500. You can't afford to have uh, pitchers that are going to be inconsistent. One day they're going to be, they're going to have a scoreless outing. The other day they're going to allow uh, five earned runs. But yeah, uh, Sonny Gray definitely has uh, struggled the past two years. But he he's also had some good seasons as well. As 20, 2012, uh, 2013, 14, and 15, he also he had a great year with the athlete, great years with the Athletics. In 2013, he had an ERA of 267. Uh, 2014, ERA of 308. And 2015, an ERA of 273. And going back to what 360 said about his um, fielders' independent percentage, yeah, it is 360, which means that 
Uh, he has been fairly unlucky. I also think that um, the fielder's independent percentage for Sonny Gray is fairly shown that he's unlucky. I just think Sonny Gray um, would be a good asset to the Blue Jays' rotation. Hopefully, if he can bring over uh, the numbers he's had in 2013, 14, and 15. But obviously, the past two years, he struggled. And going back to um, what the Blue Jays should trade for him, as well as we all know, in 2015, the Blue Jays pretty much depleted their farm system for uh, Troy Tulowitzki and David Price. So I really think... Before the Blue Jays are going to risk uh, getting any of these guys, I really think they need to rebuild their farm system. So that's definitely one thing I wouldn't want if um, if you're going to try and get Sunny Gray because you know that the, the Blue Jays would have to give up some, uh, maybe a good prospect or, t or two for Sunny Gray. Yeah, I agree with most of what you guys said. My opinion on the first question, which was, do you think Toronto should get Gray? Um, it would certainly be useful, but... It, uh, first off, it all depends on how the team performs uh, before July 31st, the trade deadline, that, that, that elusive date coming up. Um, and second, how much are the Blue Jays willing to give up for him moving to the second question? Um, what would the Blue Jays have to give up? Uh, it's certainly an interesting discussion. Uh, Blue Jays Center, you mentioned the top two Blue Jay prospects, pretty much, Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero. Um I certainly do not want to give them up, especially for Sonny Gray, on who, who will be pitching for a team that's likely going to be sitting around the 500 mark by the time the trade deadline rolls around. You know, we saw how well that worked out in 2015, but I don't think it can work out that well again, especially that Gray isn't essentially that great of a pitcher. I mean, he's a good pitcher, but he's not the type of pitcher that David Price is. Um, I, I definitely would not want to give up those two players or either of them. Uh, another name that comes to my mind is Connor Green. He's pitching. He just made the double uh, A all-star team in the Eastern League. He's definitely a good player. There are a few other players in the minor leagues that I could consider uh, trading. John Harris, Blue Jay number seven prospect, I believe. Uh, they've also got... Uh, Sean Reed Foley, he's definitely in the top three. Uh, but there are a number of players I could consider trading, but I definitely don't want to trade Bo Bichette or Vlad Guerrero. So yeah, moving on to our third topic, we'll be discussing the move that activated Ezekiel Corral off the disabled list and optioned Dwight Smith Jr. down to AAA Buffalo. And yeah, so Corral was activated, I believe it was on Tuesday when we were recording this, and Dwight Smith Jr. was optioned, and I actually really liked how Dwight Smith Jr. played offensively for the Blue Jays. He was hitting like 500 or 400 for a little while, then he cooled off a little bit, but he's hitting overall in his little stint with the Blue Jays. He hit 370 and 27 at-bats with also a stolen base. Uh, I heard he wasn't the greatest defensively, which is probably why the Blue Jays uh, optioned him so quickly without giving him long or more of a chance, even with Carrera still at the big leagues. And... Yeah, like I, I would have liked to see Dwight Smith play or stay, yeah, stay longer on the big league team. But when I really thought about this, and somebody else had brought this to my attention, uh, sending him down was probably the better option since you look at the outfield now. There's Kevin Pilar, Jose Bautista, Steve Pierce, and Ezekiel Carrera, which is a total of five outfielders. And Pierce and Carrera are pretty much going to be platooning and splitting the time in left field. So having another guy like Dwight Smith Jr., he's really just going to sit on the bench and maybe come into a game every once in a while as a defensive replacement or a pinch hit and then maybe start the odd game uh, maybe once or twice a week. Uh, 
so yeah, in in the minors, you know, he he can get the at bats that he needs to improve and stay consistent at the plate because if he only is going to play a few innings uh, a week with maybe a start or two, you know, that's that's not enough time to, or that's not a lot of time to stay consistent at the plate. And I I could think maybe he would cool down very quickly. So at the in the minor leagues, he could definitely get the playing time and the regular at bats that he needs and. So I definitely do think that he has a future with the organization, but just not in the, not this year. And the two things that I want to ask you, one, do you agree with what the Blue Jays did by optioning Dwight Smith Jr. to AAA Buffalo? And second of all, looking forward into September, I kind of just thought of this earlier today. Do you think Dwight Smith Jr., with the way he played, potentially is able to take the job of the other outfielder that the Blue Jays call up when the rosters get expanded over Dalton Pompey, or do you still think the Blue Jays want to have Dalton Pompey, even though Dwight Smith Jr. did have a fairly good stint with the Blue Jays? Uh, first of all, to answer your first question, yes, I do think it was the right move uh, to option Dwight Smith uh, to AAA. To keeping jo- uh, Dwight Smith would constitute the DFAing of Ezekiel Carrera because he's got no options. And I just, when you look at the Jays' poor outfield defense all year, specifically in left field, uh, you had Steve Pierce out there with Carrera and Dwight Smith. Those are the three guys who have played the most out there in left field. Uh, I don't think that Dwight Smith really solves the problem with defense in left field throughout his entire minor league career. And we've seen most recently in the Jays series against Kansas City. Uh, Smith has always been a mediocre outfielder throughout the minor leagues and he misplayed a couple balls in that Friday game uh, against the Royals. Uh, I just think that Ezekiel Carrera, already an established outfielder, yes, we've seen him bump into Kevin Pillar. We've seen him overthrow the cutoff men and not know what cutoff men to throw to. Uh, but he is an established MLB outfielder. I think he's a solid fourth outfielder for this team. Uh, I'm not ready to give up an asset, like we mentioned, uh, with a guy who's been a uh, established major league outfielder not give him up for a guy who's had 27 at bats in the big leagues yet i'm not prepared to do that because uh we mentioned about how poorly the jays have played in left field all year i don't think giving up uh Ezekiel career would be the smart move uh and i just think that optioning smith uh would be the smart move because he's got options so that way you can keep both of them and like you mentioned uh i don't i think dwight smith's got a future with the organization just not this year and I don't think rushing him up after 27 at-bats while getting rid of a guy who's played uh, uh, in his career as an outfielder it would be the smart move. And yeah, your second question is also a very interesting one. Uh, him over Pompey. Uh, I think so. I think at this point they value him over Pompey. I think if Pompey was healthy, he might have been called up. But since he's not, they already have a look at Smith and he really impressed. Uh, I think it's the right move to put him over Pompey, but ultimately if the Jays are contending or not contending in September, it'll be interesting to see who uh, gets the job over who. Yeah, definitely. I, again, agree with the move to option Dwight Smith Jr., uh, but I think a more perplexing side of it is that they optioned Dwight Smith Jr. and not Ian Parmley, who they just recalled, and frankly, he hasn't been doing that well either. I mean, it's it's a 
tiny sample size, but I would have optioned Ian Parmley first. You know, John Gibbons did say that they were keeping Parmley around for some late inning speed and good defense in left field, but I definitely would have kept Smith because the Blue Jays have been struggling to score runs. Again, like I said, the Orioles came into this series um, giving up five earned runs or more in their past or 25 of their past 27 games, and then the Blue Jays score one run with two outs and two strikes in the ninth inning. It's kind of sad, and I would have kept Smith around for that added offense, but again, I don't think it's that important. It doesn't seem like that essential of a move. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about with left field is Michael Saunders, potentially. Um, Bob McCown of Sportsnet 590 tweeted yesterday that Toronto was trying indeed to to pursue um, Saunders. And we talked last week a bit about acquiring him. Um, I still hold the same opinion that I did last week. Don't acquire him. Uh, you know, his stats have just been awful. I won't read any of them. Uh, actually, I will, because it's kind of fun to talk about bad players. Um, he's at 205 this season, 257 on base percentage. Um, his strikeouts, he has 51 strikeouts and just 13 walks. So he's Definitely not been good. Um, But back to your question. As for Carrera or Smith, uh, it's difficult to tell. I agree with the team either way they go, and I don't think it's a mistake uh, choosing Smith or or choosing Carrera to um, fill in left field, especially with crowded situation there with Pierce, Carrera, like you said. Um, They know the situation better than I do, better than all the fans do. You know, they're involved in the clubhouse. Uh, uh, and, and I think on another aspect of it, Smith does need more time to develop. Um, he's been in AAA for 30 games, I want to say, this season. This was his first season at the AAA level. And uh, we saw the the leadership in Toronto be willing to promote some good prospects. Anthony Alford specifically made it straight from AA to the big leagues. But I, I would like to see Smith get some more time to develop. Um, yeah, I, I agree with the move of optioning Dwight Smith Jr. over Ezekiel Carrera, but the thing I don't uh, agree with is keeping Ian Parmley over uh, Dwight Smith Jr. I just think um, Dwight Smith Jr. has proved this year in AAA and uh, AAA that he does not strike out as much as Ian Parmley, and he's definitely a better hitter, but you can't really judge Ian Parmley at the major league level as he's only had, I think, three or four at-bats. So you can't really judge that. And you can also say that Dwight Smith Jr., as Blue Jay Center mentioned on Friday, he had a couple of misplayed balls, and he just didn't, he doesn't seem as comfortable there in the outfield. And that could also be a reason why they're keeping Ian Parmley up with the team. And going back to uh, Blue Jays Nation's second question about him or Pompey, I, I really do think that uh, Smith has the edge over Pompey uh, right now, as uh, Smith has proven that he seems to be a better hitter at the major league level. Then Pompey, he batted 370, but again he played in um, he played in 12 games, and um, Pompey batted two just 223 in 34 games. So I just I really think that uh, right now Smith does have the edge over Pompey if they were going to ever compete or f- get that spot, uh, either if it's next spring or even in uh, to see in September whether if they're rebuilding or if they're buying, who knows? Uh, and I yeah, and I guess it is going to be fine for Dwight Smith Jr. to. Uh, develop a little more. I really like Dwight Smith Jr. I really think he has a good role with this team going forward. And to 360, to 360's uh, question about Saunders, 
Uh, I mean, apparently Saunders, if um, if Saunders would sign with the Blue Jays, it'd be a minor league deal. So I don't really see what the big deal is. Um, trying to sign minor Sa- Michael Saunders to a minor league deal. Um, I just really think that you should take him no matter what, and maybe ho- hopefully he can uh, get his swing back from the first half of the season last year in Buffalo. So I would, if it's a minor league deal with Michael Saunders, I wouldn't really, um, I wouldn't be against it. I mean, I would be for it since the Blue Jays need or have options. Or sorry, if the Blue Jays need to um, fill in the holes in left field. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the Michael Saunders thing. I was listening to Mike Wilner's uh, Blue Jays talk episode yesterday, and he said that you know if they're only going to sign Saunders to a minor league deal, you know what's the big deal? You know, there's no guarantee that he would even play in the big leagues this season. You know, he could just be another option for the Blue Jays to have. And I mean, in the end, like if if it doesn't have any negative effects to it like if then i mean why not go to sign him yeah that makes sense you you really have nothing to lose when you try to sign him um i I completely forgot about your question about uh dalton pompey or smith again i would certainly choose smith over pompey he is smith has somewhat proved himself in the major league level but he's also proved himself to be healthy uh, Pompey, he had a concussion to start this season, and he left a game with the Buffalo Bisons on his rehab stint um, with a, a leg injury, I believe it was, uh, and we haven't heard anything since then. So he has been proved to be injury-prone, but we haven't heard about any injuries with Smith. He's certainly a good player, and again, like I said, he was doing well at the Major League level. So I would definitely pick Smith over Pompey. Moving on to our fourth and final topic, uh, we're going to talk about Marco Estrada and his struggles. Uh, when the Blue Jays acquired Marco Estrada in 2014, up until June 1st, 2017, he'd been one of the most underrated pitchers in the game. He was an all-star one year, and he pitched a ton of big games for the Blue Jays in the postseason. However, it's sort of been a bit of an unraveling month for Marco Estrada in June. Uh, in five starts, he is 0-4 with a 10.03 ERA. Uh, hitters are hitting 374 against him as I look at it, glance at his splits for the month. Um, basically, I just wanted to ask you guys what the heck do you think is wrong with him and basically what's the next move for Marco Estrada. Uh, I'm going to give my take before uh, I'm going to let you guys discuss it. Uh, I just think that Marco Estrada is a two-pitch pitcher. Uh, he's never had great stuff in the big leagues, but one thing that he's always done well is he did this, he did this especially well with the Blue Jays uh, was his location. Uh, his location was always on point with the fastball and the changeup. Well, I shouldn't say always, but most more often than not. Uh, and that's how it is with pitchers who got no breaking ball like he does uh, when you're missing with your spots. With and uh, I think he's just been missing with the spots. And when you're missing with your spots uh, at 89 and 89 on your fastball and just hanging that changeup. Uh, that's just batting practice right there, and I think that's what I've seen with Marco Estrada. Uh, and I got some facts to back it up. We've seen that the home runs allowed have gone up in the month. His hits per nine have gone up. His walks per nine have gone up, and his strikeouts per nine have gone down. Uh, I don't think it's because of an injury because a lot of people related to that back injury that he had last year. I don't think it's anything to do with it. I just think that he's uh, missing his spots. And as I just said, uh, when you have a pitcher who really doesn't have that great stuff, doesn't have that great uh, blow-away fastball or that curveball that can really cross hitters up, uh, it's going to be a problem when you're not locating your pitches. Uh, I just want to ask you guys, uh, what do you feel like is wrong with Marco Schreiter? And again, uh, what's the next move? Personally, I think you keep going with him because uh, you don't really have 
as many options uh, to either move him to the bullpen or whatever. Uh, and also about how how much do you think this has affected his trade value? Uh, because we mentioned the Blue Jays rebuild talk a lot, selling at the deadline, and he was one of the top names that we always mention when it comes to selling. Uh, how much do you think this hurt his value uh, at the deadline? Yeah, I agree with. Um, I just think I think uh, Marco Estrada is just like you said, Blue Jays Center. When I said I agree with you, I, I agree that he's been missing his locations, and I. I just I think he's fine. Uh, he's been constantly telling the media that there's nothing wrong with him. He feels good on the mound, so it just it, it does seem to be that he's just in a rut right now and he can't seem to find his location. And obviously the month of June has just been atrocious for him. Um, he's also striking out a lot more. He's he's striking out more people than last year. Uh, his strikeout percentage from last year is 22.8, and it's gone up to 25.6. So there's another thing you can look at. He's also walking less people. That went from 9% to 7%. So I just I just think Marco Estrada is missing his locations, like you said. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. And hopefully he can get out of this uh, rut soon. And also, his fielder's independent percentage isn't the best, but it's at 399, which could, which could say he's been a little bit unlucky this month. But I guess when you're having a bad month, just nothing goes right for you. Um, I, and going back to your question about does this affect his trade value, I definitely do. The, I definitely agree that this is affecting his trade value. It, he does. He Marco, Marco Estrada just seems to be um, looking like himself uh, during his past as he hasn't been the most consistent pitcher. He's been off, awfully uh, inconsistent um, in the month of June. He's had. I think one good start this June, uh, this month. He allowed three runs, but other than that, he just he has he's been he's seemed off, and he just hasn't uh, been himself. But I really hope in the month of July and going down the stretch, he can regroup because I don't think there's much wrong with him. I just think that he's not uh, hitting his spots. Yeah, as far as your question, uh, why is Estrada not doing well? You know, I'm no scout. I'm pretty sure um, if the Blue Jays knew why he didn't wasn't doing well they would fix it uh so i don't think a lot of people know why um you know his numbers from may to june specifically the jump from that month uh it's pretty astounding in may he had six starts he had 3.49 era so not great uh but certainly good um and then in june in five starts so far, or uh, I guess overall, because that was his last start a few nights ago, he has an ERA of 10.03 and a whip of 2.186. So the difference between those two months is astounding. The difference between the quality of the player um, and certainly something's wrong with him, but I have no idea what it is. Uh, everything Blue Jays, you mentioned his feeling in the independent pitching his FIP um, is 3.99 on the season and then his ERA is 4.89 on the season that's almost a whole number difference which indicates he has been facing some bad luck uh, but we can't find the FIP breakdowns and splits for each month unfortunately but I definitely think he's been facing some bad luck but still he hasn't been himself. 3.99 FIP is not what he's normally posting. Uh, he had a 3.48 ERA last season, 3.13 ERA in 2015. Uh, but one part of this is he may be regressing to the mean. You know, he was a poor pitcher with Milwaukee in his um, five seasons with the Brewers. Uh, his FIP with the Brewers was 4.04. 
uh, and his fifth this season is 3.99. So he may be regressing to the mean. I certainly hope he's not because it would be great if he was a good player for the Blue Jays. Uh, but in the end, I have no idea why he's bad. I hope he's better, but he has certainly been bad recently. All right, yeah, I 100% agree with what you guys said. Estrada has definitely struggled this month. Uh, I think the main reason for his struggles have been fastball command. When you have a guy that only has two main pitches, a fastball and a changeup, which even for Estrada, his fastball is not the fastest compared to other pitchers. You know, you got to be able to command the ball, and I think that was just one thing that he didn't do this month. Uh, he, Like you guys said, he had... He was 0-4, but I, I really don't think that in, in his last start, I should say, he, he was a lot better. In his first few starts, he was terrible. He wasn't commanding anything. He wasn't being able to get by any hitters. They were just all over him. But in his last start, you know, he, he looked a lot better than his line showed, especially because he hit into some tough luck with uh, the defense dropping a few balls on him that ended up scoring. Uh, you know, he wasn't. He was really good in his last start against the Royals, actually. Just kind of bad luck. But overall, I think the month was awful for him, and he needs to be able to command the ball because, like I, I said earlier, you know, if you can't command the ball, hitters will lay off of it and then wait till they get a better pitch. And So, yeah, I definitely think Marco Estrada's trade value has gone down for the time being after his horrendous month of June. Uh, he, like I said, was 0-4, or like you guys said, he was 0-4, but his ERA was like in the tens and it was awful. Uh, and I think that's definitely something teams will look at when they say, is this guy somebody that we want to consider because he, he did not have a lot of success with the Brewers. He, he really only had, or he's, he's been amazing with the Blue Jays and this month could show that, I mean, he's past his, I guess, expiry date, if you want to call it with the Blue Jays and he's just going to struggle from now on. I hope that's not the case because you also got to consider that this is, a contract year for him, you know, at the end of the year, if he doesn't have the great numbers, he probably won't get a deal. Or if he does get a deal, it won't be, it'll probably just be a one-year deal worth very little money. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope Estrada can turn things around. Uh, his command looked a lot better in the game against the Royals. And I mean, we'll know probably within the next week if he's kind of back to his regular state because if, I, I don't know when his next start is. It might be, it might be in this series against the Orioles. But I know, um, we'll we'll know eventually. Like if we could see that he's commanding the ball well and then fooling hitters with his changeup, then he'll definitely be back to his regular Marco Estrada self. And then eventually his trade value will be back to the same. Because I mean, in the end, he's a good pitcher with the Blue Jays. He probably just went through a rough patch. Well, I'm hoping at least. Yeah, Marco Estrada's next start is Friday against the Red Sox, by the way. And as we record this, we have some breaking news. The Blue Jays just signed Michael Saunders to a minor league deal. He will report to uh, AAA Buffalo. So <laughs> that kind of reflects what we were talking about. Uh, but we'll wrap it up there. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode of There She Goes. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast on Google Play and iTunes. I'm Mark from 360 Blue Jays News and Bluebird Banter. We were joined, as always, by Blue Jays Center, everything Blue Jays, and Blue Jays Thanks for listening.